Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Good morning. Welcome to everybody who's here. Uh, this is Align 2021, and I'm excited. So let's jump in. I don't have very much time. So let's get going. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's possible to study the Bible and miss Jesus? Is that possible? Yeah, I would say that's possible. People do it all the time. It's called religion. Uh, in fact, uh, in Jesus' time, the religious leaders in Jesus' day did just that very thing. Uh, they were more concerned about seeing the rules of the Bible and obeying all the rules than they were about seeing Jesus. Uh, in John chapter 5, Jesus had just healed a man. Uh, he couldn't walk. He had been ill for 38 years, and Jesus healed him. Uh, and so he said, get up and pick up your mat and walk. So this, this guy was carrying his mat, and the religious, the religious leaders saw him and said, what are you doing carrying your mat? It's the Sabbath, right? There's rules on the Sabbath. And, and the, there's rules about how much weight you can carry on the Sabbath, and your mat weighs too much. So they didn't care that Jesus had just healed this guy, that he had been ill for 38 years. They were more concerned about obeying the rules and the laws uh, of Scripture, and they totally missed Jesus. And so they went to find Jesus after they talked to this guy. They said, who healed you? And the guy said, uh, uh, Jesus. So they went to find him, and they went to confront him. And after they confronted him, in John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40, this is what Jesus said to them, to the religious leaders. He said, listen, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But the scriptures, it's these that testify about me. And you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. And then I'm going to jump to verses 45 through 47. Jesus told him, do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? These people had devoted their entire lives to studying the scripture. Uh, they memorized the whole Old Testament. They could tell you how many laws there were in the Old Testament. They could tell you how many of them were positive. Uh, in other words, do these things. And how many of them were negative. Don't do these things. Uh, they could tell you how many letters were in the law. Uh, these people had devoted their entire lives to, to knowing what the Word of God said, but yet they missed Jesus. They were so stuck on trying to earn God's favor by doing the religious things, by obeying all the rules, that they missed Jesus. But what did Jesus tell them? You set your hope on Moses and on all those rules that God gave through him, but guess what? Moses was actually writing about me. The laws that, that Moses gave you, those were, those were meant to point you to me. Uh, not just so you could obey them. So it was possible for people back then to study the scriptures and miss Jesus. And I would say it's possible for people today even to study the scriptures and miss Jesus. They just go looking for rules to obey. Uh, there's another danger. That's not the only one. There's another danger. It's also possible to study the Bible uh, and see Jesus, but only as a way to meet your physical needs. That's another danger. You want to go searching the Bible and look for Jesus, but only as a way to meet your physical needs. Right after John chapter 5, if you look at John chapter 6, uh, what happened in John chapter 6? Jesus was up on a mountain. There were, there were 5,000 people there, uh, and they were hungry. 
So Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, uh, and, he, and he multiplied them, and he fed all of these people. Uh, and so what did the people do after that? They came to Jesus and said what? Hey, we can see that you're the prophet that Moses was going to say was going to come. They saw Jesus. They said, look, because of this sign, we know you're the prophet that was going to come. Uh, and then what did they say? Do it again, right? Give us more bread, right? Show us a sign so we can know that you're the prophet, right? Once wasn't enough. We need you to meet our physical needs every day. What they were saying was, you know, God provided the, the Israelites in the desert with manna for 40 years. So if you want us to believe in you, provide us with bread every day for 40 years. Meet our physical needs if you're really the, the one. So it, Jesus, is, Jesus is saying, look, I, he, Jesus is going to teach them how to see himself in all of the Bible. He said, you're right. Uh, I am the prophet. But look, you got it wrong. Let me teach you how to see me in all the Bible. You're right. God did provide the nation of Israel with manna for 40 years. But, but that was meant to point you to me. And then what does Jesus tell him? I'm the bread of life. You got it wrong, right? I, I'm not here to provide you with physical bread. I'm here to provide you with spiritual nourishment, not just, not just for a day or for 40 years, but for eternity. Uh, Jesus was teaching them what we're talking about today, how to see himself in all of the Bible. So it's possible for us to study our Bibles and see Jesus, uh, but go looking for what he can give us to get us through our day. Uh, some kind of physical needs, some little nugget, some little spiritual vitamin, uh, some little piece of manna that will just uh, meet our physical needs for the day. But there's also one, one other danger that we can uh, look at. Another, another danger is to see Jesus in the scripture, but then make him out who we want him to be. Uh, and so this was the problem with the disciples, right? Jesus asked them, who am I? And Peter said, you're the Messiah, the one that God sent would come. So the disciples saw Jesus in the scriptures, but they just turned him in who, into who they wanted him to be. So after he died, went to the cross and died, they were confused because they knew Jesus was the Messiah who was going to come. But they thought he was going to deliver them from the slavery and oppression of Rome, right? Uh, but Jesus said, no, that's not why I came. So he met two guys walking on the road after he rose up from the dead, right? And this is what he says to those two guys uh, in Luke. Uh, chapter 24, verses 25 through 27. O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. What Jesus was saying to those two guys was this. You only saw the things in the Bible that you wanted to see. right? You saw the conquering king. What you didn't see was the suffering servant. The disciples had the same problem. So after he saw those two guys, he went and talked to the disciples after he was raised up from the dead. They were confused as well. Uh, and so this is what he said to them in verses 40 through 44 through 47. Jesus said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all the things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. So two things to notice here about Jesus, what he was saying to those people. This is what he's saying. First, I'm in all of the Bible. All of those things in the Old Testament, they point to me. And second, you saw me in the scriptures, but you didn't see me for who I really was. 
Uh, you saw me to obey rules. You saw me to get, meet your physical needs. You saw me to be some kind of uh, deliverer for your, for your nation. But I'm not, a, I'm not those things. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the spiritual Messiah who would come and save you. So three dangers that we, that we face. We either miss Jesus altogether when we read our Bibles because we're too worried about obeying the rules. That's religion. Or two, when we read our Bibles and study them, we only see Jesus for the physical things that he can do for us uh, that day. Uh, or three, we see Jesus, but we make him out to who we want him to be. These are the dangers, I think, if we, uh, as we study our Bibles. So if we don't study the Bible through the lens of Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross for us, it either becomes religion, we try to obey all the rules to earn God's favor, or it becomes all about us. Uh, and we only see Jesus in ways that we can, uh, he can make us feel better. Those are the dangers. Listen, the whole Bible is about Jesus. You don't have to force Jesus into the Bible in the Old Testament. You don't have to read the Old Testament and try to say, well, how can I force Jesus in? He's already there. Jesus is already there in the Old Testament. When God, uh, in, throughout history, God already had in mind that he was going to send Jesus, that he would be born of a virgin, that he would live a sinless life, that he would go to the cross, that he would be raised from the dead, that he would ascend into heaven, and one day he would come back. That's the story that God was telling throughout the Old Testament. These were real people in the Old Testament. This isn't just allegory, right? These were real people who lived at a real time, who faced real struggles, who had real successes and real failures. And, and they each had individual stories. Uh, but God, through those individual stories, was telling one big story, the story of redemption through Jesus. So when you read the Bible and when you study the Bible, uh, see Jesus in there. Otherwise, you're going to miss him. Look, uh, Jesus didn't come to be your life coach, right? He didn't, he didn't come to help you feel better about yourself. That's not why he came. When we, when we study the Bible, we shouldn't go looking for a spiritual vitamin or a shot of Christian espresso, right, to help us get through the day, something that we can just put on Instagram, right? Facing my giants today, just like David, right? That, that's, a, that's how a lot of people read the Bible, right? They open it up and they say, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. That, thanks, Jesus. I feel good enough to face my day today. But that's, that's short-circuiting the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you don't see what Jesus did for you in the whole story of redemption, every time you read the Bible, you're missing it. You're missing Jesus. After the disciples saw the resurrected Christ and they were given the Holy Spirit, uh, then they began to understand. Uh, then they began to see that all of the Bible was about Jesus. Then they could understand the whole story of redemption. And so the consistent message of the apostles in Acts was that the Bible was all about Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. So if you look at Acts 3.18, this is Peter, and this is what Peter says. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, thus he has fulfilled. And then Paul in Acts 26, 22 through 23, this is what he says. So having obtained help from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great stating nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place, that the Christ was to suffer, and that by reason of his resurrection from the dead, he would be the first to proclaim light both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Look, why did Jesus have to suffer and endure the cross? So you could feel better about yourself? No. He came to save you from your sins, to make you a new creation, to give you the gift of his indwelling Holy Spirit, to transform you, and to give you gifts to serve other people and proclaim the message of salvation by faith in Him alone. That's the story of the Bible. And if, as we study the Bible, that's the message that we need to see. 
So what I want to do is get a little bit practical this morning. I want to equip you a little bit. So, uh, so what I want us to do is get a little bit of practice in seeing Jesus in all the Bible. Uh, so what we're going to do is look at uh, Exodus, Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7. Uh, and we're going to see, how do we see Jesus in all of the Bible? This is what Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7 says. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel journeyed by stages from the wilderness of sin, according to the command of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and they grumbled against Moses and said, Why now have you brought us from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do to this people? A little more, and they will stone me. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pass before the people, and take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He named the place Massah and Meribah, because of the quarrel of the sons of Israel, and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? So if we look at Exodus 17, remember these are real people with real struggles. This really happened. This isn't just an allegory. This isn't just a story. It's a real event that happened in the life of the nation of Israel. God had just brought them. He delivered them from slavery in Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. Uh, they went into the wilderness. Uh, and in the chapter right before this one, in chapter, well, in, in chapter 15 of Exodus, there was bitter water where they were camping. So he miraculously made it uh, drinkable. Uh, and, then, and then in chapter 16 of Exodus, he provided the manna and the quail for them to eat. So then we come to, to 17, and they've come to a new place, uh, and they're thirsty, and they're dry, uh, and it's hot, and, and there's no water to drink. And so what do they do? They, they start complaining. Uh, listen, it's possible to read this passage and not see Jesus in it at all, right? You could, you could read this. You could open up your Bible in the morning and read this and say, well, I don't see Jesus in this passage at all, right? Uh, it's talking about the Israelites who are in the desert and they're thirsty. That's one. You could miss Jesus if you just do a surface reading of this passage, right? It's also possible to read this passage and do what we just talked about, right? Pull a little spiritual vitamin from it. Right? So you can read this and, and come up with some kind of little morals like this. Uh, regardless of our unthankfulness, God still provides. Right? God provides in the dry, desert times of life. Right? Or even if we question if God is there, He's always there. Jesus is my co-pilot. Right? <laughs> Those are the kind of moralisms that you would come up with if you just read this on the surface. Right? If you don't see the redemptive story of history all through the Bible, if you, if you read the Bible and you're not looking for Jesus, it's easy to miss Him. It's easy to go to that point of finding morals to help you get through the day. But let's, let's see, uh, let's see what, it, what it looks like if we, if we try to see Jesus in all the Scripture. And we don't have to force Him in there. He's already there. So let's see, uh, what's unfolding here? What's actually unfolding here in the desert? This is a courtroom drama. Uh, what's happening is, is the Israelites are bringing a charge against God. The word for quarrel in verse 2 there actually means to bring a charge, to bring a suit against someone in a legal sense. This is a legal term. Uh, it, it denotes litigation uh, or contention. So they're, they're, they're charging Moses and God with a breach of covenant. 
They're saying, look, God, you made a covenant with our father Abraham way back to, to make us a nation uh, and bless us. And you would be our God and we would be your people. But what happened? You brought us out here in the desert and, and you've abandoned us. Uh, and now we're going to die. You broke your covenant. So they're bringing a charge against, against Moses. Uh, and so they ask, God, are you among us or not? And so they, the people decide they want out of this covenant. They're ready to stone Moses and forget God and go their own way. Right? That's a serious charge that the Israelites are bringing against Moses and God. Now, this is a serious charge. We can tell the severity of the charge by, by what happens. God tells Moses, get the elders of Israel. One, get the elders of Israel and walk before the people. And the second thing that tells us the, the severity of the charge is get the staff. Right? This is the staff that Moses used to strike the Nile when the people were getting ready to leave Egypt. This is the staff that denotes power and judgment. So in the Bible, you see Moses with the staff and the elders of Israel. Something big is about to go down. Right? So they're walking, they're walking through the, the assembled country of Israel. Here's Moses with the staff of judgment. And here come the elders of Israel. The people are like, Ooh, something big is about to happen. Uh, and so the people are bringing this charge against Moses and God. Who's guilty? Right? Who's the guilty party in this situation? Is Moses guilty? Is God guilty? Right? Who's the guilty party? They brought a charge. Who's guilty? It's not Moses who's guilty. It's not God who's guilty. The people are actually the ones who are guilty. Right? They, God didn't break the covenant. He did all those things that I just told you, uh, and He brought them to this place to test them. Right? You just saw me do all these things. Are you going to trust me? Or are you not going to trust me? What happened? They didn't trust Him. Right? They're ready to stone Moses and forget God and go their own way. So it's not Moses or God who's guilty. It's the people who are guilty. They're the ones that have broken the covenant. So, so what's the penalty for breaking a covenant, a covenant? What's the penalty for this sin? The penalty for this sin is death. That's the penalty for breaking the covenant. So, so somebody has to die. So, so what's going to happen? Who's, who's going to pay for this? How are they going to, how are they going to, what's God going to do? Right, the people are guilty. Is he going to wipe them out? If, if, if he wipes out the people, then he's breaking his covenant, that he would bless them and turn them into a great nation. But, but judgment has to be done. Somebody has to die. So what does, the, what does the verses say? God goes up with Moses, and God stands on the rock before Moses. When the person is standing before someone, that's the guilty party. Like, they put the guilty person in front there, and they say, look, here's the guilty party. Here's their sins. So God says, I'm going to go in that spot. I'm going to take the spot of the guilty person. And then what does he tell, tell Moses to do? Strike the rock with that staff of judgment. And all throughout the Old Testament, God is the one who says, it, it, God is called the rock all throughout the Old Testament. And if, in 1 Corinthians 10.4, we're told that Christ was the rock that followed the Israelites throughout the desert. Can you start to see what happened? God says, look, Strike the rock. Strike Christ. He's the one that will take the punishment. He, you know, these people were guilty. They had turned from God and they wanted to go their own way. But God stood in their place and took the stroke of judgment. And as a result, what happened? Life-sustaining water threw out of the rock. The same with Christ, right? When he, when he was struck and took our punishment, life-sustaining water came out of his, not only out of his side, but it continues to flow to us through his Holy Spirit. Do you see Jesus in there now? It's more than just an episode in the, in the life of the nation of Israel. So as we go to the Word, 
right? Don't just, don't just read it superficially looking for the little nugget or the little moral or the spiritual vitamin. Don't miss Jesus. Don't, don't go trying to obey all the rules of Scripture, right? That's religion. When you, when you read the Bible, see Jesus in every passage. Now, there's going to be some passages you're not going to be able to see Jesus. Not every verse has something to do with Jesus. But elevate it to the higher redemptive story and see what Jesus did for you uh, on the cross. The entire Bible points to Jesus. So as you study it, don't miss him. Don't make it all about you and what, and what he can do for you. Look, when we realize that the Bible is all about God's redemptive plan through Jesus and not primarily about us, that changes the way we study the Bible. But it also changes the way that we see other people. It also changes the way we see ourselves. It changes the way that we pray for those things. And that's the message that Fritz is going to bring here in a second. Uh, as we study the Bible, see Jesus in all of it. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we are so, so thankful for your word. We're so thankful uh, the things that it teaches us. We're thankful, Father, that you wrote the stories of real people uh, in real time, in real places, with real struggles, uh, and real successes and real failures. Uh, they're individual stories, all to point to the one story uh, of your son coming to die for us on the cross, to make a people for yourself. Uh, Father, I pray that as we study the Bible, we would see you uh, in all of it, and that it wouldn't just be a, an academic exercise, but that it would transform our hearts and cause us to uh, become more like Christ uh, and make your name known among people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.